Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. In today's episode, we're going to talk to Liner Johnston, and I'm really excited about this because Liner is ranked number one LinkedIn expert in New Zealand. She's helping professionals and businesses in New Zealand to reach their goals through LinkedIn, and her book is just about to be published. So this is Liner Johnston. Liner Johnston, thank you very much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. How nice to talk to somebody in Dubai on a lovely afternoon, early in your morning, I believe. Liner, how did you start with LinkedIn? When your journey started and if there is any story around that? Well, I would like to say that my LinkedIn journey began well before LinkedIn was even born. VTech because I was uh, originally a broadcasting journalist and so I've been an editor and written feature articles for all my life so when I discovered LinkedIn and its publishing capabilities for me it was just a no-brainer I just fell in love with the platform and the ability that there is to be able to to share and to learn uh, and to meet really interesting people that I it just kind of felt right for me I wasn't a big user of other forms of social media uh, because it didn't have the business element whereas LinkedIn does and it really just fits really nicely into my background and my experience and my skills what I have. <laughs> okay but uh, can you tell us when your journey started and uh, how, how did it happen that you actually started uh, on LinkedIn and you know uh, just, just the, the beginnings of, of your LinkedIn journey? Sure. Well, I first became a member in 2008. So I wasn't an early, early adopter. And, and I really only used it uh, to put up my profile and to have a, an online CV or resume. And I didn't do much more with it, really, until about 2016, when I suddenly realized uh, all the different things that it could do and all the different features that it had for publishing. And then I discovered uh, an Australian LinkedIn training course called Linkfluencer, run by Alex Perot, and really knuckled down to learn how to make the platform work for me really, really well. And I just fell in love with it. I just absolutely loved being able to um, to write different kinds of formats different kind of um, ideas and to be able to share those with other people and then eventually people started asking me to help them with their LinkedIn one thing led to another uh, and all of a sudden hey presto here I am it's fantastic I love it <laughs> It's, it's so interesting because, you know, majority of the people, they have the very, very similar journey, you know, being practitioner of the, of the platform and then moving slowly because people asking them, oh, how can you do this? How can you do that? And then suddenly you, you're in a roller coaster, sort of a roller coaster of, of LinkedIn. And then you're actually giving the advice and you're becoming a LinkedIn expert, right? Is that so? That's exactly right. 
Right, but here's the problem about being suddenly dis, uh, described as an expert, is everybody expects you to know all the answers, VTech. Uh, and uh, I don't. Uh, I learn a lot from uh, all the other wonderful people who know a lot more about LinkedIn than I do, uh, because I think that that's one of the fabulous things about LinkedIn, is you can learn from it, and people are prepared to share their ideas. And so really, my expertise, if you like, is partly around uh, my experimentation with it, trying things out and seeing what works, uh, but also this listening to other experts who really have had a lot more experience and, and over a longer period of time than me too. Yeah, obviously, that's, uh, that's the best way how we, can, how we can help other people, right? Like uh, when we practice something on our own, we have, you know, we get it under our own skin, um, so to say. And then we know that this is this what works, what works for us. And then you're just uh, basically sharing your own experiences which you have with the platform. Having said that, you've had a lot of experiences with the platform. You've been on the platform for a long time. Can you see the, the way how the platform has changed from the early times where you joined, like you mentioned, 2008 till now? Can you see some differences? Yes, and I think that it's mainly around uh, its purpose for people like me. Uh, I think that it will always remain a CV or resume site for people who are looking for work. And I think that's really important. And I understand that's where LinkedIn gets most of its revenue from. But for someone like me who's a business owner, LinkedIn suddenly became a vehicle for me to be able to tell the world about what I was doing. And I suddenly realized that if I could do that, then other people could do that too. Now, because of my journalism experience and background, the fact that you can do that in an editorial way rather than the, but wait, there's more kind of uh, aspect, if you like, um, then it really appealed to me because of the fact that you can write articles, you can do videos, uh, there's now polls of course, there's document posts with it, which um, I quite like as a writer uh, and what's the one I'm missing? Videos and so there's a lot of different ways that you can use LinkedIn and so when I realised that, I could, it was like an aha moment, I suddenly realised that there was so many different things that you could do with this and that's organically VTech. When you can add into the mix that you can um, buy advertising and go down that route, uh, then it's even more. But I, I find that the organic um, reach that I get for my work and for my clients is great. And I think that that's something that you can't get on other platforms to a large degree now. You can't reach those audiences of really engaged people who want to know about what you're doing and the ideas that you're sharing. I would like to ask you, what is your forte? What is your focus uh, whenever you work with your clients? What is the, what is the main thing where, um, you, know, where you feel that's, that's my strength on, on LinkedIn? Because obviously LinkedIn is a vast thing, right? Like a lot of things can be done on LinkedIn. What would you think it's your kind of like a focus? Well, it's not video. Let me tell you, it's not video. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, a writer by trade, and so LinkedIn's writing capabilities are what I absolutely love. Uh, and it's very good for me because I tend, uh, in my writing, as in my talking, to be a little long-winded. And so the 1,300-character limit on text posts is ideal because it reins me in and it uh, kind of keeps me under control, if you like. I also really like the article 
post because you've got a bit more time to be in depth to add images and to add links and videos. So I really, the articles appeal to me too. So when I'm first starting to work with clients, I'm really very conscious of the fact that they need to provide content, that they're going to need to find um, material, whether they do that in conjunction with me or whether they've already got it. Finding that content is really important because that's what gives them visibility. Uh, because I believe that you can have the most amazing profile in the world, but if you don't uh, engage and you aren't out there with your own content, then you don't have that visibility. So um, I'm going to quote Mark Williams here, Mr. LinkedIn, um, who says that um, posting and publishing is for visibility and articles are for credibility. And I really believe that to be true. How can you ensure, which is kind of an interesting question, how can you ensure that your posts are attractive, are, are engaging? What, are there, are there any, any features which you would teach to your, your clients, your students, about the posting and how to post in order for the post to be engaging and attractive? Yes, two things. Firstly, don't make it all about you, make it about the audience. So don't promote, promote, promote. I'm a great believer that write posts that are educational and informational about four to five times as often as you write about anything to do with yourself and your own business. So definitely be giving and sharing when it comes to information that people might not otherwise be able to, um, to get. And the second thing is tell stories. Be personal. Now, this is a particular challenge for me because coming from an editorial journalistic background, I tend not to tell my own story. I tend to tell other people's stories. And so I find that quite uh, quite difficult. And also, uh, I'm from New Zealand, as you have no doubt known, or do no, <laughs> no doubt know. And so here we have something called the tall poppy syndrome. So we didn't really put our heads above the parapet here because otherwise it's going to be lopped off. So we, we tend to be a bit self of facing which when you're trying to promote yourself is not very good, it must be said. So uh, telling stories, and it can be stories about um, your business uh, life and the people that you meet along the way uh, and the things that happen to you, I think is really useful on LinkedIn, particularly when it is able to be done in terms of a business message. Because I'm very keen to see LinkedIn stay about business and not be about uh, what anybody had for lunch. <laughs> very, very nicely put. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I love, I love the that you mentioned the stories. I think um, me as a as a video producer, I, I really love stories because I think I think you know telling stories is really what we are what we used to from the early age. Like we grew up with stories as a kids, right? And we always um, you know, we are always drawn by stories. And I think I think that's that's really very, very powerful. You're looking forward to having stories, the new feature stories. We haven't got it here yet. We do have we have to have a LinkedIn stories here. Oh you lucky thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you using it yourself? Yeah, I do. I do. Time to time. Not not in a full extent, but yes, I'm kind of like experimenting with it. Let's let, let me put it that way. Oh, I'm so envious. Lynette, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you, is there any specifics around LinkedIn in New Zealand? Is there anything anything what you would feel is a little bit out of the ordinary or or is it just just uh, the, the business as usual on LinkedIn uh, in New Zealand? 
I think what's happened with uh, LinkedIn in New Zealand is that we are late adopters in general, BT. Uh, because we're at the bottom of the world, things come to us at last, like you've got stories and we haven't. Uh, but I think that uh, people are, in New Zealand are only now beginning to realise its full potential. Uh, Australia is well ahead uh, of New Zealand, uh, but we are and have done, I think, in this last um, difficult few months, really embrace LinkedIn. And it's great to see so many more people on LinkedIn and joining as members and also using the platform to, uh, to write content and to engage with other people and to, uh, to network. Um, I think mostly uh, in New Zealand, we don't really understand how the platform can be used and that very many people still see it as a CV site. I am getting a bit repetitive about that, but I do think that that is the case. Uh, but there are more people who, and the more I get to do uh, things like this and talk to people um, around the world in a way that they can hear um, that's different from normal, the more people I think are understanding about of its potential and can see what they can actually do with it. But it's all about education, VTEC, and it, people don't know what they don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Lina, as a, as a LinkedIn expert in New Zealand, uh, teaching people there about LinkedIn, how do you start with, uh, with your clients? Is there any process? Is there any strategy? You know, imagine you have, you have a client who is coming to you. What are you going to start with? I'm going to start with their current situation, have a look at where they are on the LinkedIn journey right now, because I think it's important to set a baseline. Uh, I'm a big believer in measuring. And so if you are going to measure, you've got to know where you've started from. So I always have a look at uh, the, the person or the company's profiles uh, and then make some assumptions based on the number of views and the engagement they're getting about how well they're doing and ask to, uh, to see some numbers. Um, then I move on to their objectives VTEC because I again believe it's really important to know where you're going because how do you know you've got there if you haven't got a destination in mind and there are so many different things that you can use LinkedIn for that I think it's really important to know what it is that you're trying to achieve so I think objectives are the uh, the second thing I'm always very careful to tell people uh, on as part of my discovery if you like with them that LinkedIn is a long game. It's not something that you can become a member of today uh, and be given a million dollar contract tomorrow. You would be very lucky to have that, wouldn't that be nice? Um, but it's got, it's got a long tail. And I'm finding that people are coming to me now and saying, in 2018, you wrote an article about X, Y, and Z. And I'm going, 2018? I can't even remember last week. Um, so it's really interesting that LinkedIn um, material is... Um, is surviving on Google, if you like, that, that long, uh, and people are finding it after all this length of time. So I'm, I believe, it, again, and what you do today will have an impact several years out, potentially. So that's something that my, I always um, make sure my clients really understand uh, first up. Uh, another thing that's important to me is that they understand that this is a platform for giving and for sharing. 
that it's not all about them, it's about their audience and their customers. And so if they are wanting to get uh, results or see success on LinkedIn, they need to give. Now, you and I have a long history together with the organization BNI, Business Networking International. And there, um, one of their key values is givers gain. And I really believe that is so important. I don't you can call it karma, you can call it giving back, um, or um, there's, a, there's a marketing term for it too. Giving, it's not giving marketing, but you know what I mean. It's sharing before you um, receive results anyway. And I really believe that that works not only in life, but in business. And LinkedIn is a great place to do that so that you give lots of information to help other people to do better in whatever field that might happen to be. So I think that's really important too and I'm just trying to think whether there's anything else those are the key things that I really um, try to uh, work through with my uh, clients when I first begin working with them yeah very interesting and uh, actually uh, I, I think we were, we were talking about it uh, prior to this uh, recording that um, you know even Sam Rattling uh, another LinkedIn expert uh, she's also um, I mean she was actually part of the BNI and uh, I think kind of like it resonates right like that that kind of feeling of um, uh, first giving then you know when we give then we we only can expect to to receive and I think I think really on LinkedIn is very very apparent that uh, if you're really sharing a valuable information if you're sharing um, the content which uh, really enriches other people's life, lives um, I think only then we can really expect that uh, they will come back to us and uh, and we can be profitable right in that in that sense. I, I agree. And there's another area on LinkedIn where I think that's really important too, and that's with the engagement, VTech. I think it's really important to engage on other people's content. Mm. If you want people to read and engage with yours, then you have to read and engage with theirs. And so uh, the kind of uh, engagement where it just says, great post, um, thanks for sharing, those kind of um, uh, engagement comments don't really do the job, I don't believe. I I think that if you're going to engage on somebody's post and somebody's taken the time to put the post together, then it, uh, it you really need to spend a bit of time thinking about what is going to add value rather than doing nothing because uh, you can have all the vanity metrics that you like about how much engagement you've got, but what you really want is a debate. You want a discussion. You want people to be talking about uh, what's going on um, with a particular thing. And uh, there are some people on LinkedIn who do that really exceedingly well and engage in, a, um, engage in an engaging way, if you like, uh, and really write some comments that do, uh, do make a difference and move the conversation forward. They ask questions. Um, they get, enter into the spirit uh, of the debate. And usually they've read the content quite well. Uh, it's quite surprising, is it not, how many people will um, venture an opinion about something but that they haven't actually read correctly. <laughs> You as a former journalist, you must uh, you must have gone gone through this uh, education that sometimes being a little bit controversial is actually helpful in starting some some kind of discussion. I know I, I don't know if I'm opening a you know cans of warm or, or you know Pandora's box right now here, but can you can you tell me just a little bit about this? What do you think about that? I think you have to be extremely careful, and if you're going to be controversial, choose your subject well. 
make sure that you have all the bases covered and so that someone who is going to venture a contrary opinion to you doesn't pull the rug out from under your feet mm-hmm. uh, and I think that it's really important to know what you're doing uh, with that. If I may I'll share a story from my early LinkedIn days when I got this so very badly wrong. Um, I put up a post that was controversial uh, and it got a, a great number of looks but the people that uh, there were some people who were very negative about it and in hindsight rightly so uh, but it uh, got something like 35,000 views before I ran out of courage and took it down so I think that because there were negative comments and um, I don't think though that at the time I was aware that you could curate the comments and that you could delete them if you didn't want people to see them Um, but even uh, in hindsight I still think I did the right thing to take the post down simply because it was too controversial Uh, and anything that I've ventured an opinion on since then I've really stuck to things that I know a bit about and I think that I've got grounds for saying uh, what I do I don't always get it right VTEC there are plenty of occasions when I say something that other people go "Uh, actually no that's not quite correct uh, and I have to backtrack and uh, and talk about it again or do something that changes that but to me that's what um, learning's all about and I see LinkedIn also as a platform to learn on um, and for me I experiment on it because I'm always doing different things using the new features that um, that are available and making sure that I try them out uh, sometimes successfully sometimes less so unfortunately. If you like to turn your LinkedIn into a lead generating tool, you should consider to enroll in our LinkedIn business audit session. This 45 minute strategic call will give you answers you're looking for. We will show you a step-by-step strategy of what you need to do on LinkedIn in order to start generating business and land clients from your LinkedIn activities. Interested? Send your request to marketing at squaremotion.me or click on the link in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you. Linda, one thing which, which just came up to my mind, what, what would you do when you see a post and you strongly object to that? Would you write a comment? Would you, or would you just, just say, okay, we just let it be? Would you be in that space of you know, trying to you know, give your opinion or would you rather withdraw yourself? I'd rather withdraw. I'm not a person who enjoys conflict. Um, I would back off and I wouldn't, uh, even if I thought somebody was wrong um, with what they said, I wouldn't uh, make an issue of it in public. If I felt that it warranted it, I would send them a direct message saying that I felt that what they had done was either incorrect or there was something about it that I didn't think was right. And then it's up to them to make a decision about what they um, want to do with it. But no, I'm not going to um, attack if you like anybody in public I don't wouldn't don't like it if someone does that to me and I certainly wouldn't do that to anyone else <laughs> that's a very very nice nice answer very diplomatic answer Linnar I know that you're preparing you, you're about to publish book right um, can you tell us a little bit a little bit more about about that Sure. It's called Linkability. Uh, it's, uh, the subtitle is uh, Four Powerful Strategies to Maximize Your LinkedIn Success. Uh, I'm very excited about it because it's my first book uh, about LinkedIn and I've had a lot of uh, fun um, writing it. It's been a tremendous amount of hard work. I had no idea how hard it was to, um, to, to write a book and I decided um, to write it uh, using a number of my posts that I've written over the last 
last few years. I thought that would make a really good um, basis for the book. And that's where I started. Uh, and then I discovered very quickly that I was going to have to rewrite the entire thing and start from from scratch. So uh, I've uh, identified four strategies that I think are really important when people want to use LinkedIn really, really well. And I talk about each of those in, uh, in each in separate chapters um, throughout the book. So they, they are uh, strategies that you can use either on their own or that you can combine and work together to be able to leverage one from the other. And it's based again um, on the idea of giving and sharing because I really think that's what underpins anybody's success on LinkedIn mm. is that aspect of, uh, of giving and sharing. Would you like to share with us those four strategies you're talking about or? or... I'd be delighted, thrilled <laughs> even. All right, so the four strategies are these, uh, in no particular order. It's first one is connecting. So how you connect to people, uh, doing that well so that you set up a really good relationship uh, with people when you first connect to them. The second one is publishing content, and we've already talked a wee bit about that and the different uh, aspects of the platform for that. Um, the third one is engaging. So when you are engaging on the other people's content uh, and their posts. Uh, and the fourth one is around direct messaging. And I think that this is uh, largely overlooked uh, on LinkedIn. Not a lot of people do the direct messaging really well. There's an awful lot of people who do it very badly, uh, but doing that well in a way that uh, builds trust with people uh, and begin, begins and develops and nurtures, if you like, a good relationship mm. with people is quite hard to do. And I, but I think it's really important. If you're going to direct message people, then you have to do it well. Mm. Yeah, that's actually very, very interesting. And, and you're, you're right, uh, not many people actually talking about direct messaging and, um, and many people, they, they trying to do it, but they do it terribly, you know, uh, and then they, they really make a lot of mistakes. Uh, what do you see as a, as a main mistakes or what would you say if, if we talk about direct messaging as such, what are the, what are the good practices and what are the bad practices? Sure. The good practices would include personalization. So uh, making sure that you use people's names as a very minimum uh, in your direct messaging, because it's uh, really, it's a bad look when you don't use somebody's name or you get their name wrong. Uh, so I think personalization, and that's really important when you're connecting to people too. It never ceases to amaze me how many connection invites I receive where there is no message at all, um, which in this day and age is really clearly bad practice. So I think the personalization is really um, important to, um, to begin with. Other, uh, other really good practices for direct messaging are, and I've learned this one the hard way, uh, is to not include an attachment with your message. Because of course, most people uh, look at LinkedIn on their mobile phones. And so they're very small screen. So if you send somebody a, an A4 PDF, they're not going to be able to see it uh, on their phone terribly easily. So I learned that lesson the hard way. So that's just by the by. Uh, I think too, again, and I, this is something I've already mentioned, is that sharing information instead that is useful to the targeted audience, uh, rather than talking all about yourself. So instead of, instead of saying how great you are, talk about the problems that people have that uh, you know that you can solve. Now this I think comes down to knowing your audience, and I've heard other guests of yours talk about this too. It's really important, I think, when you 
you are connecting with someone to make sure that they are someone that you have something in common with or there is a reason to connect uh, or that they are part of the uh, audience that you are targeting rather than just connecting to any old person because I do believe that it's a matter of uh, quality over quantity. Now we all want to have a good network and I understand that, um, but I was really intrigued to hear the, um, on one of your podcast episodes that somebody said that, um, and it might have been AJ Wilcox, uh, he was saying that he only has 4,000 or so connections. Uh, you're nodding, so that's obviously I've got that right. So that's a really small number for somebody who is such uh, an expert and somebody working at such a high level. Now that's obviously a deliberate choice. Uh, and I think that it's really important to make sure that the people that you are connected with are the right connections. So everything is underpinned by that uh, first action that you take mm -hmm. when somebody connects with you is to um, start the, um, the relationship off well by making sure that you do have something in common uh, that, you, um, that you're going to be able to uh, give and share information on. And I'm going to share um, a tip that I find that nobody will be very few people are actually using and that is when you connect to somebody send them a voice message mm. very few people are using that facility and it makes all the difference because nobody's using it so you stand out so if you want to make an, an, an impact send them a voice message mine are usually not 20 odd seconds just saying thanks so much for connecting and I'm looking forward to getting to know them I never do anything more than that and unless there is something that I know about the person that I can say um, that we've got in common but just something like that a small gesture that is personalized makes a big difference and that kind of um, action I think goes a long way on LinkedIn I love it and uh, yeah uh, I think I think it's a great tip uh, using this feature of, of a personalized reply it can be of course audio message or actually we can we can send even the video message right uh, nowadays which is fantastic which is perhaps perhaps even better and I like it a little bit more than than the audio one I do too I love receiving them but I don't very often get them but the last one that I did got get was from a LinkedIn trainer and that was great when she and I become really good friends so um, I, I uh, yes I, I don't I did um, do some uh, video messages for a while but it's quite time-consuming uh, and so I found that I was I could do the voice messages more easily than I could uh, the video messages. Mm. It's a great idea, I agree. Liner, I wanted to ask and still stay in, in, that, in that space of the direct messaging. You mentioned certain good practices, you mentioned some, some mistakes people are making. Do you think is it important to, to have some kind of a, a template or, you know, like a, a chain of messages which we, which we can dip into? What, what do you think about that? I think that's a good idea in some circumstances. So I'm going to sit on the fence on this one, VTech, to be fair, because I think it depends what kind of a business that you're in. Um, in some situations, I think that works really well. Uh, in some situations, I think that would come across as too spammy. So again, it's about reading the audience uh, and knowing what it is that they want to receive, always keeping in mind, in your own mind, what is it that somebody wants to read? What problem of theirs can I solve? How can 
I genuinely be helpful to them rather than be trying to just sell them? Now, not everybody's going to respond really well that way, but um, one of the things I do like about the direct messaging is that you can get to somebody's inbox. Most people manage their own LinkedIn accounts, and so they are going to see those messages where if you send something by email, it's a lot more convenient because you only have to hit the button once, um, but it doesn't have that same degree of getting right to the person that you want to, um, to see it. So I think there's some real advantages about direct messaging. So I'm not a, well, in my own business, I'm, I'm not a great fan of um, templating because things change too quickly. Uh, and I'm finding that what I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to tell people or keep people up to date with changes on LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. writing a message um, today that's going to be used in six months' time uh, really isn't going to work. I really do need to um, change that. And I'm um, far more um, a, re a responsive person in the sense that I'm re reactive, not responsive. I'm a person who reacts quite um, quickly to things. So if I see something and I want to make a comment about it, tell people about it, that's what I'm going to work on and get that information out there. I'm not going to wait for um, six months and then tell them about it then if they, if they need that information now and mm. I know that it will help them. Lynette, one of the questions I usually ask our, our guests is what do they like about LinkedIn? So, so if, I, if I ask you, what is, I understand that there are so many things on, on the LinkedIn, but is there anything what stands out on the LinkedIn which you really like and which you really feel oh, this, is, this is really for me, that's why this is the platform for me? Well, putting aside the writing um, aspect of it and the publishing aspect, which is a given because of my uh, trade, but it's meeting people. I have met such amazing people from all around the world um, on LinkedIn and had the most interesting conversations and developed the most um, fascinating relationships, learned so much from people that without a doubt, the ability to connect with people is the highlight of LinkedIn for me because I can direct message people. They can direct message to me and it's just like having a conversation with people now when you live in New Zealand you are a long way from anywhere and so it's great that here am I talking to you in Dubai today um, and um, with other people in other places around the world um, at other times and I, I to me that's what I really love about it is being able to meet people who in the ordinary course of events I would never come across as a LinkedIn trainer, Linnea, I, I understand that um, you, you help um, a lot of people over the years and um, you keep doing that, you keep adding, adding value, which is fantastic. Are there any, any really proud moments that stands out, something you're really proud of, some, some event which, uh, which kind of like made you really feel happy? Can you share something that well, with us? I can. Uh, I hadn't ever described myself as an expert VTech. I described myself as a specialist. Uh, and then one morning in December last year, I woke up to discover that I had been ranked New Zealand's number one LinkedIn expert. Now you could have, I, I fell off my chair. I was just so, <laughs> so surprised um, about that, that I had absolutely no idea. Um, and so that was when I realized that what I was doing was helping others, um, that it was making a difference to people. Uh, I, I, there are 
There's no question in my mind that there are people in New Zealand who know as much, if not more, about LinkedIn than I do. Absolutely, that's unequivocal. But where I think the difference is, is that I tend to share that information. I make it freely available. Um, and I've had clients who say to me, Lanier, why are you telling everybody this instead of just keeping it for your really you know, high-end clients? And I say to, my, say to myself and to them, because everybody needs to know this. And I don't believe that hoarding information is any good for anybody. I think that the sharing of it um, with as many people as want to know about it or need to know about it is really the important thing. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so that was both a proud moment uh, and a scary moment because of, on reflection, once I'd really calmed down about having been um, placed on this list, uh, I um, realised I had to write a book. And so <laughs> I've spent uh, most of this year uh, writing said book, which I'm hoping will be out uh, later in the month. Awesome, awesome. And I, I, I really like your, your humble attitude. I really think that, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I've been following you for some time and I know uh, how much value you're sharing with, um, with your audience and absolutely fantastic and I really love it. Um, Linnea, uh, I, like I would like to ask you uh, uh, when, you know, so, so as, a, as a number one, okay, okay, let's, let's put you on a pedestal again. As a number one coach in, in, uh, in LinkedIn, as a number one LinkedIn expert in New Zealand, um, what would be your one tip uh, to give any business owner who is just starting with the LinkedIn? What is, what is the most important thing? To know what you want to get out of it. I've, there's not one, one thing. I'm sorry. I can't do just one thing. Um, first, you have to know what you want to get out of it. And you have to have a reason for deciding to do that. And I think that the, what um, separates the people who are successful with those who are not on LinkedIn is being committed to it and being in it for the long haul. Uh, and if you have a business owner who goes, okay, well, I'll do this for three months or six weeks and see how it goes, then you know that it's going to be difficult. But if you've got a business owner who says, like you do, um, I've been on LinkedIn for a while, I've been looking at what other people are achieving from it, now I am, now's the right time for me to put some effort into it um, and to put some resources into it and to make it happen and I'm willing to do that for the next 12 months and really make a go of this because uh, it's the fly-by-nighters who uh, make a big splash and then disappear uh, that I think and then say it doesn't work I make it difficult for everybody because LinkedIn does work but you have to be committed and you have to show up day after day week after week month after month and dare I say year after year consistency is the key patience right yes. uh, that those are the two things two virtues which we need to keep in mind all the time yeah absolutely fantastic i know that uh, it will be kind of weird to ask you this question but um, nevertheless you as a as a number one linkedin expert in new zealand is there anybody who you follow and who you would like to give shout out to um, as a LinkedIn, you know, in LinkedIn expert on LinkedIn field you follow and you like and, and you admire? 
I hope you've got 10 minutes for this, because the list is long. It's not as bad as that, but absolutely. So, yes, my number one person um, to go to uh, is um, Mark Williams, Mr. LinkedIn, uh, and his LinkedIn-formed podcast, which I've been following for a number of years since I first discovered it. Uh, and um, I'm probably one of the first people who listens to it every week because it becomes available at midnight on Saturday night for me. So Sunday morning, I'm, um, I'm up and listening to it. Uh, so he's number one. Second one is John Aspirian, um, also from the UK. You'll know John, of course. And he's a, he's a technical geek when it comes to LinkedIn. So, and look, he's such a nice man. Um, and, and we have these lovely little exchanges both on LinkedIn and via email. Um, and uh, I was so pleased to be able to get my hands on his book recently because uh, he's done a great job with that. And he's such an entertaining writer. Uh, but he does all this technical stuff and leaves experiments and comes up with the numbers. I'm definitely not a numbers person. So he's another one. He's somebody I really, really like. Um, Andy Foote, of course, who um, you can't go past. Andy's um, investigative uh, side of LinkedIn, if you like. He's always trying things out and experimenting. Uh, and uh, he's got a, a new podcast, which I'm really enjoying listening to uh, as well. But he does talk more about other things rather than just LinkedIn um, on his podcast. So you get different ideas for other parts of your business uh, if you want to, um, to do that uh, as well. So those are overseas people. So um, down in my part of the world, um, Gillian Bullock, who uh, also has a podcast, and I regret I can't remember the name of it. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill, that's it. Thank you. Um, and uh, she's, she's the uh, LinkedIn ninja, which I just love. Isn't that a fabulous title? Uh, and she does a lot of really good work uh, down in our area as well. So now there are a lot, there are a lot more people. And of course, uh, AJ Wilcox, if you're looking at the advertising side, very hard to go uh, past him as well. Um, and Wayne uh, Breitbath, who you had on here um, yeah, uh, on a pro recent podcast. And Mark C. Halpert. Now, I haven't heard his name mentioned much but I receive his uh, emails on a daily basis I have no idea how he manages to put out such good content every day uh, and he so he um, does some very um, some good things and I'm a recent convert to Corey, I did tell you this would take 10 minutes, Corey Warfield, Warfield, I'm sure that's right, who uses GIFs a lot on his LinkedIn posts. And I'm really enjoying that and doing the odd bit of experimentation um, with GIFs uh, along the way as well. And, and of course, so now I'm adding you to my list because I'm, I really have enjoyed your podcast and I'm always learn, wanting to learn more about LinkedIn. And you talk a lot about LinkedIn with some really useful, interesting people and and so I'm just thrilled that you have uh, put together this podcast because I know it must take a lot of work. Thank you very much. Before we wrap up today, uh, today episode, uh, I would like to ask you, were there any time where you felt awkward on LinkedIn? Some, some not really pleasant experience, which you would, um, um, you would feel? Yeah, I've, I've mentioned this in my book, actually. Um, I was contacting somebody uh, or wanting to, to connect with somebody um, in the automotive uh, industry. And I have done quite a bit of writing in the automotive industry. Uh, and so I felt that, that I had something in common um, with this person. Um, but I got a very negative response. 
back, which was along the lines, if you're not going to give me a lead for my business, you can just um, just disappear. And I felt that that was really uh, unfortunate because he didn't obviously know that I knew some people in the industry. Uh, he also didn't see the potential of LinkedIn. He was in sales. Uh, and LinkedIn is such an important tool when you're in sales, VTech, as you well know. And so to, um, to cut off uh, something at the knees without giving an opportunity to be able to see where you could take this, I felt was really un unfortunate. And so there are some people who don't like messaging, and I understand that. But if you're going to say no to messaging, please do so politely. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, uh, Liner, it was absolute pleasure to talk to you. Before we go, is there anything you would like to add which um, perhaps uh, you think we didn't really touch? I, I think there are a lot of other topics and we definitely will do a part two of our, of our talk because uh, there's so many, so many other things to talk about, about new features on LinkedIn and how to use this and that. And I think we could, we could spend uh, another two hours, three hours, you know, just chatting about this. But is there anything specific you would like to, a part of your book, obviously, because that we're going to, we're going to feature as well. Sure. Um, well, I'm uh, very pleased to have had the opportunity to talk with you today because I just love to talk about LinkedIn and I'm with you. We could talk about this for another two or three hours and clearly I'm, um, I'm, w w I'm in the right place if we can do that and still feel like we've got so much to, more to, um, to talk about. So I think that we've covered a lot of ground and so I think I would just like to re reiterate that the important thing with LinkedIn is to put the time into it. Uh, you often ask your guests how long they spend uh, on LinkedIn, um, and my answer is 24 hours a day, because it's always on in the background, even if I don't have it on the screen, I'm you know, right looking at it at the moment, um, it's always there. And I think that that's the really interesting thing about LinkedIn is that, well, another interesting thing about LinkedIn uh, is that at some, every time of the day and night, there is always someone on LinkedIn who is doing something interesting. And so it's all about being open to learning uh, and to growing from uh, LinkedIn. And sometimes my newsfeed is just filled with really useful things. Um, and you can just go down a rabbit hole because you find somebody will send you to somewhere, you'll go to somewhere else, somewhere else, somewhere else. Uh, and you do, all the time, it's all about learning. So my main message, I think, uh, about LinkedIn, VTech, is to use it to, um, to share and to grow and to learn. Thank you very much for, for your uh, such inspiring words and for your words of wisdom today. It was really awesome to talk to you, to talk to um, number one LinkedIn expert in New Zealand. It was a pleasure. And before we go, uh, Lina, can you tell us where can we find more about you? Obviously, I think on LinkedIn, right? I think so, absolutely. Uh, my business is called Word Wizard, uh, and so I have a website at wordwizard.co.nz, uh, and my book's available there, that's Linkability, uh, and it will be out in August. And so you can find out more information about the book there. Uh, also read a free chapter uh, of it to VTech. Um, of course, uh, I am on LinkedIn, all over LinkedIn, um, but I, and I do have a footprint elsewhere, but I really believe that it's important to be uh, in one place where everybody can find you if they decide to do that. So LinkedIn is my natural home and so I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to talk with you about LinkedIn today. It's just been fabulous. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, Liner. It was absolute pleasure, as I mentioned, to talk to you and uh, I'll reserve the right to interview you again once uh, the book is out and we're going to definitely cover more about what it is and the process. I th I'm, I'm very interested in that. Thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.